Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Tyler Weaver. Tyler, are you ready to do this? Yes. All right, let's go. Tyler is a home builder, real estate investor, short-term rental operator. He's working to help real estate investors build their portfolios and make sense of their first deals. Tyler, we're excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right, well, I'm a home builder, and that's um, it's pretty fun. I, basically, we do infill development, so we're going in the neighborhoods, finding lots that are available, and really kind of improving the, the neighborhood by you know, creating new housing inventory. Um, it's a lot, a lot of fun to be able to kind of create those opportunities for families to move into. Um, I think what most of your listeners would probably be interested in is that I am also a real estate investor and I'm really into um, Airbnb and short-term rentals as um, they can really impact the average person's uh, finances, where let's say you've got a single family investment and you're after all the expenses and saving, you think, okay, that's going to cash flow, you know, a hundred to $300 per house. Well, that's not going to impact most people's uh, financial lives in a dramatic way where an Airbnb might cash flow for the same property maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred a month, which there's a lot more work involved to to manage it, but that does have a tremendous life changing impact on somebody's financial picture. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, have you always been uh, how, how how long have you been a home builder? Um, we've been a home builder about three years. Before that, I was flipping houses and kind of. After a while, it kind of built into becoming a full home builder after we've done projects where we did each individual piece. So like one, we did some foundation repair. The next one, we might have did an, built an addition on the back or something like that. So after we started getting every single trade and every single project, some experience with it, we just decided to move into building a full house from the ground up. And that turns out to be much easier to plan and project for because there's, there's not really any surprises. Everything's, you know, you're working on uh, pieces that you've already built and it's hundred percent your project at that point. It's not like you're coming into somebody else's work and finding out that you know, 50 years ago, somebody did something tremendously incorrectly. And right. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. That 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 makes sense. You probably I wouldn't have thought about it that way, but when you say it, it 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 definitely makes sense. So, how long has this is a stupid question, but how long has Airbnb been a thing, and when did it sort of switch for you? You're like, wow, this is a pretty real thing and a great way to make pretty substantial money. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when Airbnb itself started. I think it was like ten years ago, maybe. Uh, about, I I got into it about two to three years ago. Um, one of my rental properties, they moved out. Uh, one of my friends had an Airbnb and was telling me that it worked out well for him. And I was just 
I went on to some tools like uh, smart DNA that kind of project how much money it would make. And I was very surprised that I had this rental property that rents out for, you know, maybe $1,200 a month and that it would generate $3,600 of revenue as an Airbnb. And, you know, the $1,200 was just, just covering the mortgage and a couple hundred dollars extra where the Airbnb was significantly better. So I got into it a few years ago and the market has been pretty, pretty stable actually, which if, you know, through the pandemic, you know, that's kind of a worst case scenario. I really still had bookings for most of the time. It was only probably, uh, so really it happened in March and that's when things start to heat up from the winter. So it was really just like another few months of kind of the winter season where you'd expect it to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if that's the worst case, you know, it doesn't get much worse than a global pandemic and shutting down the economy and advising people not to travel when you are in fact hosting people traveling. (laughs) Right. You theoretically speaking have survived the most difficult time, but we'll just wait for the other shoe to drop here at at, at, at any moment, (laughs) Tyler. Um, so, all right, we, we can't look into the future. We, we obviously, we have no idea what's, what's going to come next, but assuming that things are a little bit more predictable and smoother and sort of business as usual, how do I just owning a, a, a single family long-term rental, I make a couple hundred bucks, hundred bucks a month or whatever. You can make a lot more doing Airbnb, but it's a lot more work. So how do you coach people on evaluating which, which is right for them? Yeah. So the biggest, the first thing to check into, if you already own the property, is kind of the market research of whether this will make sense for you or this property. Um, so there's a few tools for that. You can go into AirDNA and they've got a, a rental, it's called like Rentalizer. And it gives you some stats and, and tells you about what to expect. And Airbnb also has a tool that kind of tells you the same thing. They'll tell you how much you can expect for rent. Uh, I think every time that I've done Airbnb's tool, it has been lower than what I've actually mm-hmm. received and what the AirDNA rentalizer has shown. Um, so there's first figuring out if you've got a fit for it. And then the second thing is is actually getting up and going. And I've written some articles about uh, getting furniture and selecting furniture, but I've always gone for this minimalistic approach where I use things like Air, um, Amazon furniture and Ikea style items that it's very minimalistic. It's very sleek. It's very cost effective. Um, and I've purchased mostly new furniture. I do know a lot of people that go on a Facebook marketplace and have a ton of success doing that. I just do not believe it's scalable enough and it takes, it's too much of a time suck for me personally. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. And that's something that, you know, you do need to take into consideration if I just bought a full house and I'm not going to do a long-term rental, I need to actually furnish the entire thing. And so mm-hmm. going on Am- or Facebook marketplace and doing it one at a time, you might save some money and it might turn out great, but it's going to take a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it just deciding which is best for you, because you will save probably a thousand dollars by spending some more time on it. 
And if you do the hourly breakdown, that could be a great opportunity for you if you're not earning a ton on your hourly output beforehand. Um, other than that, the next thing to think about is, is how you're going to manage it while you are operating it. So having a cleaner lined up is the most important thing. Airbnb lives and dies by having a cleaner setup um, and having that sorted. If you do it yourself, then you can, that's obviously an option. Um, and then having somebody you can call for maintenance problems because almost in, inevitably any maintenance problem will occur on a time when you can't just swing by and, and, and solve it. So having somebody that you can call and they can go over there and fix something or, or look at something and evaluate it and see if they can fix it at the time that their guest is over is, is pretty key. Um, I, I would recommend to find some, like, don't try to, don't try to save money there. Um, or be too cheap, I guess. Has there been, um, has this, has the fact that so many people are now short-term rental investors, has that increased the number of cleaning services that do this? Has this increased the number of, for lack of a better term, handy people? I don't think the handy people, that's a pretty big industry to start with, but the, the cleaning services, I don't know if the industry itself got bigger, but there's definitely more op options for Airbnb investors and people that specialize in scheduling and doing that than there were when I, when I first started even. Um, now, if you lived in a, a town that's always had short-term rentals like a beach community or somewhere that is very vacation oriented there probably was always that industry there mm. but I'm, I'm in cincinnati so there's not there wasn't a latent industry of you know um vacation rentals and uh services related to that that's a so you're you're in cincinnati and you're having success doing this does that suggest that you can be successful in any market. Yeah. I read somebody say that anywhere that they've got hotels, there's mm -hmm. demand for short-term rental. Good point. And if you think about that, there's hotels basically everywhere. Um, and I actually like that middle market approach of instead of competing at the you know, million, million plus dollar uh, beach resort kind of uh, thing, to, to focus on these other markets where it's got a probably a steady demand still, but things are a little uh, more achievable for the average investor. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to think about it. So when, when, when you're looking at, do you think about um, from a percentage standpoint, different margins, because obviously I don't want to hire a cleaner that's going to eat up 25% of my revenue. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what those numbers ought to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the cool thing about Airbnb is it's typical to include the cleaning fee in the reservation itself. So it'll be a nightly, you'll have a nightly rate and then you'll have one cleaning fee per stay and it gets passed on directly to the guest. And depending on where you are, there's different strategies on whether you make that exactly what your cleaning fee is expected to be or whether you make a little bit of a margin on that or whether you eat some of the margin just so that you get more bookings. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that, that, that certainly makes sense. So how much of this is, is going to be a trial and error? Is that we probably not going to get it perfectly right the first time? Yeah, I think the important thing is finding other people that have done this before and, and especially finding people in your market. And if you go to like a, a local RIA meetup, the Real Estate Investors uh, Association, or, or find other real estate investors meetups in your area, chances are somebody has done this in your area and is willing to go through a lot of the numbers. Uh, I've found that most real estate investors are very open with sharing how they're doing and, and kind of comparing tips and tricks and uh, figuring out what the market's like. And, and being able to see that firsthand what's working in your market is going to really be a great advantage before you just jump in and invest thousands of dollars in furniture and start it without knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. As you're, as you're reading the tea leaves and interest rates are potentially, well, we know that they just did increase as they're going to increase. How is that impacting your business and your, 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 your outlook? Um, so my specific, well, on the home building side, that's, it's got a huge impact and you know, that will impact the demand because the low interest rates have certainly helped a ton. Um, it, it will probably impact uh, on the acquisition side for Airbnb, trying to buy more properties. It might make things a little more, um, a little less competitive, a little less uh, frenzied with purchasing. Um, the, the actual demand side, the there's just such a, a varied demand when, when you're doing a, uh, a rental in, in a neighborhood like or in an area like Cincinnati where you know there's not a strong single reason why people come visit. There's just such a varied um, demand that that shouldn't impact it too much. Yeah, that makes sense. So how how are you I know that that you're looking and you like doing the infill work and that's for is is that for home building or are you building homes with the intention of, of turning them into short-term rentals? We've built a few homes that we turn, intended to turn into short-term rentals. We haven't been successful because we list them on the market first. Um, uh, basically, we've got this model where we say, okay, if it doesn't sell for X dollars, you know, it makes more sense for us to keep it. And so far, we've been doing pretty good at getting that price market fit for selling the house. So we just, we haven't actually built a house and um, retained it yet. I, I imagine that's going to happen shortly. Though. Right, it's got to happen sometime, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? What are the, uh, we, we think we've talked about some really, really important things. Are there other big mistakes that you see people make when they are, maybe it's their first time or even second time, just common mistakes you see? Yeah. So I discussed doing that clean, uh, minimalistic vibe. I've seen a lot of people use kind of old hand-me-down furniture and, you know, sheets that don't, they like with like a floral print for instance. Mm. And, and that works in maybe certain markets where like there's a certain level of charm that, that people would look for. Um, but when I look at the competition, I, I see some places that do that 
and their calendars are basically wide open. So they're, they're kind of dropping, dropping, a, missing out on a ton of income just because they were um, using kind of outdated or hand-me-down furniture or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where that would, uh, where that would not be very appealing if I were uh, to get ready to crawl into bed and uh, it looked like I was crawling into something from the 1950s or something like that. I don't even know what yeah. era flower floral sheets were, were really popularized. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just say that. All right. And then in terms of, um, in terms of the amount of money, I guess it's all sort of dependent on, on, I, I guess the question is, how do people really get started? How do I know if I'm ready? What are the factors or things that I should have lined up? Mm-hmm. So if it's, there's a whole gamut of, of areas where you can get started. Um, if you do not have, if you currently rent, one of the best ways to get into it would be um, what on bigger pockets they've coined as the house hack, which is essentially where you you turn your housing situation into an investment. And this strategy works great for Airbnb because you're right next door then. So that basically means you're using FHA or um, a low down payment loan to buy a duplex or a quad or a triplex or some sort of multifamily um, house um, or a place that you could actually have a dedicated space for Airbnb it works in with your zoning laws. Um, and that way you only need you know, three and a half percent down payment. So it could be, you know, you could be talking about less than $10,000 depending on where you are as an initial investment. If it was, if you already have a house and you're not moving and you've got a family, that's not an option. Um, it, it's probably more like a 20% down payment and you're in most kind of mid-tier market. So, I mean, not a giant city um, or maybe investing 30 minutes out of the city in a, a sub-market of your city. Um, you could look at maybe a $200,000 home and that would probably have a, you know, you'd want to save up about 50000 to get that with a traditional mortgage. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. And how do you, uh, I, I imagine that when people are going through this process, there's fear and there's procrastination because they don't want to make a bad decision. How do you help people be more confident if that's the right question? Yeah. Um, I think having going to those local meetups would be my biggest suggestion, which it sounds you know, like, how are you going to meet an expert? Maybe not. Maybe you just meet somebody that's got one or two properties that they're doing this with. And you can, you can get some firsthand experience. Um, and you can see what that really looks like in your market. Cause what does well in, in each market is a little bit different and which neighborhoods have demand and things like that. So finding, finding some local expertise is pretty critical before you make your first move. Yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. And just being able to see, Oh, look at that guy or gal. They're, they're doing it. Well, I can absolutely do that too. Then if that guy yeah. or gal could do it for goodness sakes, I like it. <laughs> well, Tyler, that was a really, really solid one, but people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? Um, so I, I would say don't go after the big audacious investment 
or like the the beach house or um or on the other side uh if you're investing in real estate maybe not go for the the war zone i i prefer that middle market um bread and butter kind of approach well i think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on yeah, we don't need to be on Manhattan Beach, nor do we need to be a slumlord. So somewhere in the middle is probably <laughs> that's what we yeah. need. I like it. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they engage with you? Okay, so I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm Weaver TJ, and that's where I, I post a lot of my writing and articles on there, anyways. So and and I can answer lots of questions if you have it about real estate. And then I blog on relentlessfinances.com. And I've got plenty of articles that I've written about um, the about Airbnb, how to furnish it, um, what the first property could look like, uh, how to how to renovate a house or how to do the um, get your budget right for, for renovations. Um, so there's a lot on there that you can learn about real estate. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Tyler your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow Tyler on Twitter. His handle is Weaver, W-E-A-V-E-R-T-J. And then check out the blog at relentlessfinances.com. Take advantage of all the wisdom and knowledge that Tyler puts up there. Thanks again, Tyler. Thanks. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.